Hello everyone, this is Brittany Hill and you're tuning in to Six Feet Apart, where I'm chatting with people in my network while we all have a little bit of extra time on our hands at home. We will cover who they are, how the coronavirus is affecting their network, tips they have for staying sane during this time of chaos, and so much more. Thanks for listening. Welcome back everyone. I am here with Melissa Ford. Melissa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Um, I always like to start off with just talking about um, how we know each other. So I would say that we share a beloved (laughs) friend in common, which is Hannah. Yes. And that I met you through Hannah and have met so many wonderful people through Hannah. Yeah, we met through Hannah, which is amazing. And I have had the privilege of taking a lot of your courses and yoga classes and just you're such a light. And so I'm so excited that you are on here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you do, um, what you have done, what you're doing now. Um, So go ahead and get into that. Okay. So first off, my background is I'm a registered nurse and I've been a nurse for 14 years. And Then I'm also a yoga and meditation teacher and an energy healing practitioner. And I really got into all of those things because I was so burned out in my job as a nurse. Mm -hmm. So that led me to explore some of these more holistic healing modalities, which had such a transformative effect on my life that Mm -hmm. then I started sharing those things with others. And for many years, I did that in tandem with my nursing work. So I would work almost full-time as a nurse and do some of these other things on the side. And then it's been actually almost exactly a year that I left my nursing job and transitioned into my own business full-time. And in that... Well, it changed. It's changed um, recently, but primarily what I do is teach people how to get the most out of their internal resources Mm -hmm. and primarily through nervous system regulation. So I sort of lead some of these more holistic practices, teach people self-care techniques, and it's all informed by my scientific knowledge of how those practices work and I find that when people understand Mm -hmm. why something is working and understand the science behind it they're more motivated to actually follow through with Mm -hmm. some of the practices because we all know we could do a better job taking care of ourselves so yeah I really kind of consider my job helping people take care of themselves so that they can take care of other people in their life or the world in whatever way their work is manifesting in the world. Yeah, I consider myself a bit of a bridge because I sort of have one foot in a really grounded science background and one foot more on the spiritual and energetic and um, holistic side of things. So I'm able to talk to a lot of different types of people Mm. in a, with language that makes sense to them. Right. Almost like code switching. Mm-hmm. Depending on the environment, that's yeah. amazing. Um, and I, every time I hear you talk for long periods of time, whether you're leading a meditation or yoga or just chatting with you, you're, I can close my eyes and you have your voice just resonates to being so 
peaceful and grounding, and I just love hearing you talk. So I hope that other people can can hear that through the interview. I don't know if you get that a lot, but it's just so soothing. <laughs> people do tell me that, and I think that more than my voice or any or I don't know any anything else, it's my commitment to really being a conduit of yeah. truthful information yes. and. Um, and the way that I set my energy before mm -hmm. I'm going to do something, I think that that's more of what people are picking up on, but yeah. I get that all the time. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I didn't like create, I, I don't know how, <laughs> no, how that came to me, but, um, but I'm glad that yeah. that's people's experience and it, it, uh, seems to be sort of a little superpower. That yes, it absolutely is. Um, well, I mean, what you were doing all of this before the coronavirus even started. So how have you seen what you're doing just impact the people around you? How has what you've been doing changed because of what's going on in the world right now? Yeah, great question. Um, so I feel like actually kind of want to answer this in terms of the three different industries I consider yes. myself a part of, which would be healthcare, mm -hmm. um, being an entrepreneur right. and being in sort of a holistic healing stress That's relief cool. realms. So obviously for healthcare, it has placed a tremendous amount of stress and pressure mm -hmm. on the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lot of, suffering that's happening in that a lot of stress, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that is pulling at my heartstrings really strong because of my background. Yeah. And then as an entrepreneur, you know, um, things are always kind of crazy yeah. <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur. So it doesn't totally feel too much different um, in terms of how I operate, mm -hmm. but there obviously is a lot shifting with the economy. Mm -hmm. And so for people like me who pay ourselves, yeah. you know, and don't have sick time or things like that, it, it definitely, there's a lot of uncertainty right. in, in terms of that. Uh, but there's always uncertainty with being an entrepreneur. So I haven't found that it makes me feel too much different in that regard, but definitely shifting and, you know, overnight, all of the in-person things I did are no more right. like shifting to online, um, which I already did a fair amount of online. So I'm grateful for that because I was able to pivot pretty quickly with yeah. being able to do a lot of the things I was doing in person online. Mm -hmm. And then um, in terms of like holistic healing and stress relief, I really sort of feel like overnight I became extremely relevant <laughs> to the world. Yes, everything. And, I can attest to that. Just every single thing. I'm like, you are speaking to everyone through just your posts and the like, yes. <laughs> so, so things that I was already doing um, and were resonating with some people are are resonating on a much larger scale right. now. And I sort of feel like overnight, you know, my ideal customer went from being a certain type of person to like every single person yeah. in, in the world. And that we were already under a lot of stress. But before I had to sort of illuminate 
that for people. I had to sort of convince people that they needed help and that they needed self-care and that the way we have been operating is was subpar anyways so I really feel like before all of this the majority of the population was existing in a state of fight-or-flight stress physiology most of the time Uh, but that's become so normalized that a lot of people weren't aware of that didn't sort of see another way to be and with this it pretty much overnight made people acutely aware of the stress that they're experiencing because everyone in the world is experiencing a big stressor and so it actually created a huge demand Mm -hmm. for for my work and eliminated the need for me to explain myself to anyone it's sort of like all of a sudden people just get that they need help Mm -hmm. and are very interested and I'm telling you people coming out of the woodwork from Mm -hmm. my past and reaching out and all kinds of things because this is something that I sort of talk about a lot right um even in terms of grief and trauma which I think is kind of in the air with a lot of this and so people tend to think of me when they're going through hard times and this is a hard time for everyone so It definitely shifted um, the way my work is received. Yeah. I wanted to just ask, like, and I've been curious about this, is do you feel like you get, how do people know how to find you besides if they already knew you? Yeah, through a, a lot of just word of mouth. And I guess the primary way that I share is the, the most natural way for me to interact with people online is through Instagram. Mm. So people do find me that way. And then it's a lot of just kind of little connections spurring out from people who have interacted with me directly. That's amazing. And I, I've noticed that through... Um, a lot of your workshops that you've been doing online that at least I've been a part of your meditations, your yoga classes that you, the work that you're doing and any donations that you are getting, you're putting directly toward, is it called frontline? Yeah. So, so sort of backing up a little bit, I guess when I, when this all started unfolding, it feels very complicated actually for me to be a nurse and not be working as a nurse during this time. Um, Very complex sort of conflicting feelings around that. One of which is a massive amount of relief and, uh, but also guilt and just sort of complex feelings. And one of the way, and I'm just feeling so hard for all of my colleagues that are many of them working in subpar conditions and feeling really scared and stressed and overwhelmed. And so I sort of pivoted a lot of my energy and effort right away to supporting those people. And that's something that just sort of happened naturally because the majority of my network Mm -hmm. is my personal network is are in healthcare because I've spent 14 years, you know, working as a nurse. And so I sort of just naturally really started shifting to prioritizing supporting people who are working on the front lines of, of the unfolding Mm -hmm. COVID-19 crisis. And so in doing that, I've found that a lot of people, you know, we're all in different situations. Um, 
you know, there's some people who are financially devastated mm -hmm. right now, you know, like there's all different kinds of yeah. levels of where people might be at. But for those of us who are relatively resourced and are either still getting paid or have access to other resources and family and support and mm -hmm. friends and all of those things, um, many of those people are looking for ways to help. Yes. And a lot of people are wanting to help healthcare professionals. And so when I started sharing, actually, it sort of kind of started on a whim because I had a friend reach out to me asking for me to lead a webinar workshop for her team, a nurse from San Diego, wow. and she was going to pay me out of pocket for it. And I just sort of, I literally threw a little thing on an Instagram story like, hey, I'm leading this for a group of nurses. They're paying out of their own pocket for it. Would anyone want to support it? Mm -hmm. And literally within three minutes, someone from my community offered to cover the entire cost. Oh my God, I have chills just hearing that. Wow. And so it became really clear right away that there are a lot of people who are wanting to show support. Absolutely. And so then I really made that accessible and made a way for people to donate to that on my website. And then I am leading a few classes a week on online in mm -hmm. one way or, or another yeah. and asking for donations and putting 100% of those donations to the work with healthcare wow. providers. That's incredible. I want to thank you personally for um, the work that you're doing and also for exactly what you said. I didn't, I know that I wanted to help specifically with the healthcare field, but it's not as easy as you may think to find like reputable ways that you know your money is going towards something specific. And so um I am happy that to know that my donations go go to that. So that's really, really amazing. Um, is there anything that you want to say? And I kind of asked Hannah a similar question with her being in the healthcare field, but working so closely with people who are on these front lines, is there anything you want to say to people who are at home and just, you know, like who might have a friend or two or nurses or whatever, but don't really know, don't get the, the stories that you do about what's going on? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's such a huge question. I guess I would just say that it's an extremely stressful time for people who are medical professionals on multiple different levels. Mm -hmm. And there is a way that 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 is being portrayed in the media. Mm -hmm. And on one hand, I think it's absolutely great. And I totally support all the measures of clapping for healthcare professionals yeah. and, and all of the sort of um, support that is mobilizing around that. But there's another sort of side of things where there's a lot of talk about people risking their lives and, right. and even calling it front lines, which I'm also calling it, but, but it's really this sort of like sacrificial feeling yeah. that these people are risking their lives. And some people and even some people that I know are writing things or sharing things about like, Oh, I'm risking my life to go to work, but this is what I signed up for. Yeah. And, I don't know about any, well, I know that exactly no one that I went to nursing school with signed up to risk their life. Totally. When, when we went to nursing school, I am enamored with human physiology, mm -hmm. like taking care of people and think it's a flexible and well-paying career mm -hmm. choice. And that's it. I didn't agree to risk my life. Right. And so there's a lot of 
there's just a lot tied up in that. And it, you know, it's an unprecedented situation for our lifetime mm-hmm. to be up against something like this. And those, no one agreed to risk their life when they decided to become a medical professional. And if you know someone who's in the healthcare profession, I think it's just a really great time to reach out and ask what they need for support to, you know, do, do what you can. And I think Hannah probably shared some suggestions about that. And the other thing is stay home, you know, and I think a lot of people, especially in sort of the millennial generation, don't understand the the science, it's, it's very complicated. Yeah. We went to school and studied this epidemiology and public health and the way things spread and, yeah. um, and, and disease transmissions and contagions. Like th- this is what our degree is in, right. you know, and well, at least part, you know, that's part of our education. And so I think that a lot of lay people don't totally understand mm-hmm. how things are unfolding and are maybe frustrated with some of the restrictions and are not concerned about getting the virus themselves, but really for, for two reasons, the social distancing or physical distancing is probably a better term. The reason to do that is to lessen the burden on the healthcare system all at once. Like it's still going to be a ton of people who get sick and go into the healthcare system, but it's to make it so that it's not way too many people at once, which mm-hmm. creates unsafe conditions for healthcare workers, mm-hmm. but also limits the quality of care that our most vulnerable population will be able to have access to. So it's more about at-risk people and healthcare right. workers. And by you limiting your own role mm-hmm. in the spread of transmission, it's not about you at all. Yeah, It's about... It's about protecting both healthcare workers and the most vulnerable. Right. Hearing that just in those terms, because there's just so, it's an information overload right now. And I think it's so important to kind of pick and choose like what, how is the information that you're listening to? Like, does it make sense for the way that you input information? And so just for me, hearing what you just said is so helpful. And I hope that that can be helpful for other people because again, there's just so much out there that it's hard to sift through. So hearing it the way that you just said it is great. Um, And kind of on that same note too, like, I don't, I don't want you to have to make any predictions about things that you are not comfortable predicting, but like, do you, how, If you did have a guess, do you think that we will be sheltering in place for a lot longer? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I am getting, I am very protective about what I'm exposing myself to, both in in a pathogenic way and in an information and thought way. And so I am not watching the news or really kind of, even letting any kind of noise like that into my, into my aura. (laughs) Um, I am getting my information directly from people who are working directly with patients and I get sort of some synthesized information from UCSF, Mm -hmm. which is a source that I trust. And so from those things, I would say I think shelter in place is going to continue for longer than we might 
thing. Yeah. And that even if elements of it are lifted, Mm -hmm. that there are going to be modifications to life as we knew it Mm -hmm. um, for many months and potentially even this entire year. Yeah. Um, That would be, and and I don't mean that it's going to be as intense as it is now. Mm -hmm. I think that we're going to see some measures sort of be lifted and have people staggering going back to work in a really sort of controlled way. And all of this is um, determined on the government, you know? Right. So from, from a healthcare perspective, um, that would probably be what would be recommended. And I see a lot of people sort of, you know, we're stir crazy at home and I am Mm -hmm. right there with all of that. Mm -hmm. And I see people saying things like, when this is over, we're going to throw a party and we're, you know, going to do all this stuff. And there's not going to be one day. Interesting. Everything is fine. Okay. You know, that's really interesting. I I like, I'm loving hearing this because I don't know. My biggest problem that I'm having with all of this for my own brain is not being able to Mm -hmm. comprehend how and when this is going to end. And so hearing that, like, that's kind of how I've always pictured it, to be honest, is like, okay, this is over in California. Everyone, it's like that it's almost going to be like wild animals being released from their habitats when realistically what you're saying makes a lot more sense than that. Um, Yeah, the whole thing that, oh, one day, I think a lot of people are focused on the restriction, Mm -hmm. like the shelter in place order. Mm Mm-hmm versus why that's in place. Mm-hmm. And I even saw some people, you know, when we got notice, like, oh, it's going into place midnight at this night, you know, people are running around doing things yeah. and kind of like the threat exists now. <laughs> like it, it doesn't magic. There's not something magical at 7 about when this yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> and so the same is going to be true on right. the other side of right. this, that it's not going to magically on noon one day yes. be totally fine. And so what I would imagine is there's going to be a slow fade of these measures and that if we are smart about it, we're going to time it very carefully because we have records of things like the Spanish influenza and different, different outbreaks where there's all different graphs that we can see. And you can see in some where they've lifted things a little too early. And then there's a, there's a spike afterwards. There's going to be a lot of monitoring that goes on with lifting restrictions. And my thinking is probably that there's going to be modified restrictions that are rolled out over time. That's really, oh, you sound so just knowledgeable on all that. I, I would say that if you are wanting to understand more, I think UCSF has a YouTube channel and mm. anyone could watch these updates that, that I am watching. And that is definitely a reputable okay. source. Like there's yeah. this huge range of ideas out there. And for me personally, it doesn't even really matter. What matters is that a massive level of disruption is happening. Yes. And that's that's a fact. Absolutely. And that it's stressful for pretty much everyone. Right. And that we are all going to respond to that. And this is where sort of my nervous system work comes in is that when we are under stress or challenge or perceive a threat, which 
pretty much everyone in the world is going to be experiencing right now, we have preconditioned patterns and ways, each of us, Mm -hmm. that we respond to something like that. What I'm helping people do is really examine what their response is and what responses are helpful and what responses are just perpetuating a state of disempowerment, Mm -hmm. which I think is a lot of what we're feeling so out of control. Yeah. And we're always out of control of life, but it's, it's illuminated in a much, yeah, yeah, it's illuminated in a much bigger way. And so it's a tremendous opportunity to observe about yourself, the way you interact with uncertainty. And that Mm. to me is so much more interesting than whatever the truth is about what's going on. Oh my God. As I'm sitting here listening to you, like my mind, I can like feel my mind being blown of like, who am (laughs) I? Like, you know, you almost see like the memes of like the different types of people out there who are doing this and doing that. And like, where do I fit into this whole equation? Like it's, it really is fascinating. And you are truly like, you're having these conversations with people and you're kind of seeing the whole gamut of, of these responses. And you're trying to give people the tools to deal with whatever their way of responding to this crisis is, which is incredible. So on that note, actually, what, um, I want to hear just kind of what a day in the life for you right now is looking like. Yeah. So let's see. Um, Days, I think, probably similar to other people. I have a lot of waves of emotion and fluctuating energy levels, uh, which is totally normal. And I think something to lean into during this time. So part of my my own personal practice right now is really honoring where I'm at each day. And so not every day looks the same, but there are some things about my days that look the same. I start every day by giving my dog this long belly mm. massage. Like I really can like literally he usually wakes me there up he and is. pepper. Uh pepper. Yes. Yeah. And so I immediately sort of connect, you know, with another I'm I live on my own yeah. and so I don't have another human to hug or touch yeah. or anything. And so really sort of connecting with my dog first thing yeah. in the morning and I kind of always did that, but I'm being a little bit more intentional about it. And then I go on a long walk every day with him. And then in terms of the rest of my day, I'm spending a lot of time on Zoom calls. I'm doing some remote one-on-one sessions with Mm. people. I'm doing a lot of group sessions, especially with healthcare organizations And so, yeah, I'm also making sure when I, when it's nice out, when it's sunny, I'm making sure to take a break halfway through the day and I just go and lay in my backyard with my dog. And, and then I'm trying to do some movement Mm -hmm. or yoga or stretching I mean, I, it's, it's honestly not too much different <laughs> from, from my days before I meditate, I do yoga. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, you know, I'm cooking a lot as I'm sure a lot of people are. I honestly feel like there ends up just being a lot of dishes and laundry. <laughs> so many dishes. It is insane. It's just like never ending <laughs> dishes. I know. Um, it's part of my daily routine as well. <laughs> Yeah, and then 
connecting with friends sometimes. However, I have felt like sometimes I don't even feel like talking on the phone or mm -hmm. FaceTime or anything because I've kind of been doing that totally. all day. So just being yeah. mindful of that too. Awesome. Um, okay. Coming back to, and you have mentioned a few of these just throughout our conversation, but is there anything specific that you are fearing in all of this, whether it's for yourself or the world? Yeah, I guess my primary, I do not feel very fearful myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like my primary predominant concern is the effects of isolation mm -hmm. over time mm -hmm. and what we might be internalizing through this experience about, you know, people being dirty or yeah. not touching, you know, like the just sort of the lasting fear around travel or gathering or all of these things that are really life affirming, life giving activities that yeah. we do. Yeah. And so I, th I think I get sad mm. more when I, when I think about that. And That's so interesting. obviously I completely agree and support the physical distinct distancing restrictions that have been put into place but on the same side of that I know from my work also that isolation can kill people yeah. I, I feel like Literally, and yeah. you know I don't know if Hannah shared in her episode that um, a lot of older people with dementia are actually coming on to hospice because their routines have been disrupted oh I didn't even think about that yeah, so it's so there. There is a level that's very um, harmful mm -hmm. to to isolation. We're social animals. We're meant yeah. to come together. Touching is such a healing thing, and so I guess that's that's just one sort of kind of general concern that I have on that realm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I just think we're entering a massive change in terms of the economy, and that there's right. going to be a lot of you know, changes from that, which obviously just has so many ripple effects. Mm -hmm. And so I feel concerned about that in terms, especially in terms of small businesses and entrepreneurs and um, these types of people that really kind of give unique life to right. our communities. Yeah. So absolutely. And how about anything that you have been able to kind of appreciate about all of this? So. I think that we needed a reset mm -hmm. on sort of more of an energetic metaphysical level. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really tremendous opportunity to take a look at how we have been living and what's working and what's not. And, you know, what things about normal do we not miss and maybe not want to go back to? And what are some of the new ways we might want to create mm -hmm. moving forward? So yeah. I do appreciate it, you know, yeah. even in, I know that it's causing so much real suffering, but on a level of being sort of a massive wake up call, mm -hmm. um, an opportunity for awakening. Right. I think that it, it's really kind of a, massive opportunity for healing change. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I hope that some of that sticks, 
you know, and then it's not just pushed to the side once things do kind of go back and I have air quotes up to normal. Um, And finally, I would love for you to leave people with if you have three tips just to getting through this time at home. Yeah, so my first tip would definitely be support your body. Mm -hmm. I think most people are not or a lot of people are not totally aware of the physical effects of stress and and how much that impacts our consciousness and the even the quality of thoughts we have access to and the way that we are filtering mm-hmm. both information that's coming in and information that that we're expressing that's going out and so by supporting your body i mean from sort of my standpoint doing things that help communicate to your body that you're safe Mm -hmm. so that you can be in as resourced of a internal state as possible. And so those are things like even just orienting yourself to your physical environment, Mm -hmm. looking around, noticing things that look normal so that you, you are communicating to your body that you're safe, being careful about the information you're exposing yourself to drinking water when you're thirsty, eating when you're hungry, moving, um, eating a wide variety of foods, all of that is information to your body of like, yeah. oh, we still have access to fruits and vegetables and all yeah. of, all of that. So that's definitely my top tip. My second one is to approach yourself and others mm-hmm. with a spirit of curiosity and gentleness. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean about that is to sort of take on an observer role, like bring yourself out of your experience. If you are doing things like say, even like one of my things is like, I totally eat a ton of sugar, you know, like mm-hmm. I crave sugar when I'm stressed. And so instead of being like, Oh, why am I doing, you know, just like observing that mm-hmm. that's, that's a pattern that I have. It's something that's been soothing to me in the yeah. past. And so just kind of being gentle with everything and like, huh, why am I doing that? Is there another way I can help myself feel soothed in this moment? And then also applying that same spirit to how we are perceiving others. And just knowing that so many people are in a stressed, Mm -hmm. fearful state if you have a history of trauma that is going to be stirred up right now, and I could like talk on a whole nother long thing about this, but we, there are literally things that happen in the brain and our nervous system that in some cases are not controllable. So mm-hmm. people who are, you know, acting out, who are angry, who are doing crazy things or stuff like that, instead of seeing someone doing something like that and think like, how could they do that? I find it really helpful to be like, Ooh, like what happened to them Mm -hmm. that, that created this protective mechanism in them and and just see them as someone who is suffering and in fear instead of someone who's behaving badly. Mm -hmm. And that comes to everything, you know, even the people. And I think for Hannah and I, like some of our, frustration or resentment or judgment has been towards people who are not honoring some of the restrictions Mm -hmm. while here, you know, we have all of these people who are at risk when, when they are going to work every day. And, um, even that, you know, it's like, even that, like even people, if people are denying the seriousness, like 
that's a coping mechanism. So whatever people are doing is coping. And I think if you can kind of understand that and observe, come to more of an observer stance than in it, you're able to shift Mm. some of that for yourself and have a tremendous amount of more compassion and understanding of, of other people. So interesting. Okay. How about a final tip? And then my third Mm -hmm. tip is a fun one is if you haven't watched or you can watch again, Shit's Creek is like my, my I just, I think this show is brilliant and so good. And it's been such a just source of like joy and play and and relief for me. And so um, that's, that's definitely my third tip. And if there's, if there's just one thing I would want people to know, it's that I think we feel very out of control. Um, but for me, understanding how my body works and why and all of the interworkings of all of that, yeah. we always have agency. Yeah. You can find Melissa on Instagram at Ford on Fire, F-O-R-D-E on Fire, as well as FordOnFire.com to get a number of resources from her where she'll post meditations and yoga sessions and just all of the different offerings that she has. So feel free to go and look for her. And thank you so much, Melissa, for being such an amazing guest. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. This is your daily reminder that even though we have to stay six feet apart, there's no better time to stay connected. So go text someone you love and let them know that you're thinking of them. I know I'm going to. Bye.